0: Walla Walla flower farm is kind of a grand experiment, right? So being my first year, I don't know what I can grow here. I have an idea because I've grown flowers in my garden and I've cut flowers from my garden before, but this year is really just about what's going to grow well out here. My kids call me Cannonball, so when I decide to do something, I'm all in. And when I decided to do this, well, all along, how can I farm? How can I farm? So when I was thinking about it and, like, how can I be out there? How can I be out there more? (laughs) This came up, and I was like, well, where have I been? (laughs) Why, Why did it take me so long?
1: and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by SlowFlowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florist shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, FarmGrow Flowers. FarmGrow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to CalFlowers, the leading floral trade association in California, providing valuable transportation and other benefits to flower growers and the entire floral supply chain in California and 48 other states. The association is a leader in bringing fresh-cut flowers to the U.S. market and in promoting the benefits of flowers to new generations of American consumers. Learn more at cafgs.org. Welcome, friends. I have such a lively and informative episode to share with you today. A few weeks ago, before Slow Flowers welcomed 150 guests to the Slow flowers Summit, I took a little trip and joined my husband, Bruce, to drive five hours east, accompanying him on a business trip. We drove across the state to Walla Walla in the southeast corner of Washington, a place that's become a major winery and tourism hub. I can't travel anywhere without looking up our local Soulflower Society members and asking permission to visit their floral design studio, shop, or flower farm. On my last trip to Walla Walla pre-COVID, I visited flower farmer Elaine Vandiver of Golson Gardens, and we recorded an audio interview. But hey, our community is growing there, and there are more folks in Walla Walla growing flowers. In the past year, Ann Sumner of Walla Walla Flower Farm joined our society, and I was eager to meet her, learn her story, and have a fun tour. So you'll hear about that today. Walla Walla Flower Farm is a small-scale, woman-owned and operated farm growing cut flowers in the beautiful Walla Walla Valley. Hailing from generations of Walla Walla Valley farmers and growing up working on the family farm, Anne Sumner has come back to her roots. After years of raising and homeschooling children, working as a registered nurse, and most recently serving as a bank vice president, Walla Walla Flower Farm feels to Anne like coming home. Her mission and the mantra of Walla Walla Flower Farm is, share flowers, share joy. Anne certainly shared her flowers and her joy with me. When I learned that she and her husband, Scott, were soon heading out to Idaho for a week-long fiddling convention, I asked if they would play us some music and allow me to record it. I'm so happy that we're opening and closing this episode with their guitar and fiddle combination. Let's jump right in and get started. So this is a waltz that I wrote many years ago. It's called Sage Waltz.
0: Hi, I'm Ann Sumner. Welcome to Walla Walla Flower Farm. Oh
1: my gosh, you're gonna give me a little tour? I'll give
0: you a little tour. Okay. We started off here already with these beautiful hollyhocks.
1: Yeah, tell me about these stunners. I mean, honestly, it's the Cottage Garden Explosion.
0: They are a little crazy right now. Uh,
1: they're they, biennials, right? They, really, they live all year round.
0: Really? Here. Yeah, wow. in the winter they're they're down. We cut We cut the foliage back, but they just come back every year. They were planted by Alice, who built this house, and so I inherited her her rose garden and the hollyhocks came with it. And they will get out of control if we don't don't stop them. But they just come back.
1: But you said you're advocating for more people to, like wholesalers, to have these available. That would be as wonderful. As a cut flower, yeah. why aren't they, more people doing that?
0: I do not know. Wow. Maybe there aren't a lot out there. I don't know, but. They've always held up well for me in the base. Oh,
1: fabulous! So, so this yeah. is a established stand, and you've got another big established stand back there. Should they we watch They do down?
0: what they they do what they
1: want. <laughs> we'll head, we'll
0: head this okay. way if you, yeah. you want to follow me.
1: So um, Walla Walla Flower Farm is kind of ironic because Walla Walla is in Washington, but you're technically across the street in Oregon, right?
0: I am. We're, we're in the Walla Walla Valley, though. Okay. So we're, you know, there's Walla Walla Cheese Company there in Milton Free Water. We just all kind of co-op.
1: Oh, okay. The, yeah. The Walla Walla. Oh, this is beautiful. So this is like a grape arbor that you've...
0: Yeah, it used to be straight across, and when we put in the flowers, I told my husband Scott I think I really want to just like, I've got to be able to go straight out. So he put this in for me and we just trained the grapes over. Oh
1: them. my gosh, it's gorgeous. It's so, so beautiful. beautiful. We were, we
0: were makeshift. We had to keep the dogs out. They were running roughshod over everything. Oh, I
1: was wondering so. what animal you were trying to keep <laughs> out. <laughs> Shall I pull it closed? No, they're, they're locked up right now. Oh, this is so beautifully organized. So what was this before you started planting? Just, just field?
0: Yeah, it was in alfalfa for the first several years that we were here. Um, My family has a larger farming operation near here, so they have all the equipment that I don't have, so I'm kind of in their rotation. So it was hay, and they would do big bales. Uh, And then the last couple years, it was wheat. And we decided to go with oat hay this year because alfalfa takes several years to really establish and start being profitable. So,
1: so oat um, hay is their crop.
0: Oat hay, it's my crop, oh, but okay. they help me farm it. Oh, okay,
1: great. And I th- do
0: the grunt work. I change the pipes. I trap the gophers. All of that.
1: Stuff. Okay, and then the flowers are a relatively new addition.
0: The flowers we just put in this year.
1: Oh my gosh! You're kidding? No. Wow. It's, so we. That's amazing. So you you kind of obviously don't have super. Exactly flat land, but you were able to kind of create these, this central walkway and then beds going off on either direction.
0: Right. We have 3,620-foot rows, um, so 18 on both sides. And three of them belong to my friend Katie. She's an herbalist, and she has a company called Goodness Botanicals. So she has three rows where she grows her botanicals, and the rest are mine.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, why don't yeah. we just look at what you've got? Look, it, Like, seriously, everything's numbered and labeled? You're raising the bar here. I don't know
0: about that. Well, everything this year because it's my first year, and I really don't know what's going to grow here. What's going to what? What am I going to be able to grow well? So I kind of did a smattering. I know I've heard advice where you know grow a couple good couple things really well. Right. And um, I did the opposite. Well, you're like you're in your R and D. Yeah, these are all volunteer. We used to have a fence here that we had sunflowers on, so these are all volunteer nature's we, gift we let them stay yeah yes and i don't know if i will do that again but we let them also stay in the rows so this is yarrow over here
1: so that i guess they're technically could be competing but not super yeah. problematic
0: yeah and katie purposefully planted hers um she has some holy basil in there that it gives nice shade too so oh and there's that aspect of it Oh, too. how smart so, yeah yeah
1: Love it. So you've got um, the nasturtium are just at the ends of every row. Is that kind of an insect control thing? Correct. Yeah. So I threw smart. some
0: in the middle. And wherever I, wherever something didn't take or come up, I've just thrown nasturtium seeds in, some phacelia here and there where, where I have...
1: What a wonderful idea. Wrinkles. Yeah. Love it. So are hmm. you focusing... Your plan is to focus mainly on um, annuals for now? You have some, obviously, lisianthus over here.
0: I do. Um, it's a smattering. Yeah, I think I'll go with more perennials next year. Okay. Um, my plan is along, along the field edge over there. I'll put in woodies this this fall. And, mm-hmm. um, have a nice border of them all the way along and
1: to kind of create your your edge and your windbreak too, correct, or correct. along the where the tree line is, or across this back row.
0: All the way. See the neighbors down there. Uh huh. So
1: our corner is at that far fence down there. Oh, so wow. All the way up that edge. Oh, you'll have lots of room to grow and expand. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, you've got some snaps coming up here. I do. I've been cutting already from those. They're pretty fun. What, um, what is your... When did you actually plant? When, when does it get the soil get pliable enough to, to uh, sow?
0: Sure. I started putting things in the ground April 1st. I gambled a bit. I was watching the weather. I was watching the farmers. I was watching what my family was doing, and um, I gambled a bit, but I did have a plan. So I have above-ground sprinklers here for the pathways. Okay. If we were going to hit a night where we're going to have a hard freeze, the the one where we always say, oh, that's the day we lost all the apples, Um, I would have turned the sprinklers around just for that. Just to keep whatever, keep so. some irrig-
1: what? Will the irrigation kind of keep everything from freezing? Is that it?
0: Well, I think it keeps the cells from bursting as they warm back oh, up. Oh, so I it gives see. Them a little ice protection.
1: I is see. What it
0: does I don't know. I'm if glad it that worked, didn't have to happen
1: this year. Then but it
0: didn't happen. So yeah, I put in the cool. You know, the sweet William. I put in first because I knew it could handle it.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's this uh, this row number five here, right? Correct. Yeah, lovely. Oh, just the the whole idea of being able to mow between your rows, and you have landscape cloth or weed suppression cloth, so you probably cut your labor down quite a bit by doing that.
0: Oh, I for sure. I think for all the weeding that we have done, um, it would have been a non-starter without yeah. the fabric. No, we wouldn't have been able to even find a plant.
1: Do you have help, or is it pretty much you? And then Scott, your husband, helps a little bit
0: helps a lot I have a mom that helps a lot I have daughters and that help a lot so I and Katie helps so I have help but I've
1: yes I've done a lot of oh, work. flower here. lovers in your life are like I'll work for flowers yeah. <laughs> yes oh yeah. gorgeous oh here's some more. little flocks little flocks will, which will get larger
0: hopefully and the yes. amaranth here Amaranth, I love it. I love seeing it from a distance too. I think it's gonna get a whole row next year. Yeah, because it gives whether, you whether it's sold or not, it's just so beautiful. Yeah,
1: and it's just nice to break up all the green. Yeah. Lovely. Yes. So you uh you had a lot of drip irrigation to install then. We or did we um, drip lines, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: Yes, there's a wonderful company in the valley dunning irrigation and um, they helped me plan the whole system and then we installed it Wow! Um, but yeah they they were able to I, I told them what we wanted to do and actually the man who helped me there is a flower grower he breeds fuchsias so oh. he kind of knew he, he got you he got
1: me yes <laughs> I like looking back here on your beautiful property too oh, how you. long have you lived here
0: we lived here we've lived here for about eight and a half years Wow!
1: gorgeous I'd love to see the befores when it was just dirt, and now it's it's beautiful flowers. We have pictures. I could show pictures. Okay, (laughs) good. Well, let's let's walk back and uh, sit down and just just, tell, hear your story. I want to share it with everybody. Sure. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast. I'm Deborah Prinzing, and I'm so excited today to be at Walla Walla Flower Farm with Ann Sumner. Hi, Ann. Hi. It's so good to be here. What an honor to have you here. I'm so glad you said yes when I invited you. Anne is a new member of Slow Flowers, and of course, I love the town of Walla Walla, Washington. You can't just say that without it rolling up your tongue, but we're in the Walla Walla Valley. We are in the Walla Walla Valley. And as you said, this is Oregon, but just like a half a mile over the state line, right? Correct.
0: Okay. I'm a a half a mile into Oregon, but I work in Walla Walla every day.
1: This is exciting because so many people are starting flower farming, and to hear from a first year flower farmer, I think it'll be very encouraging for people and reassuring like you can do it, you know, yes. Anne's going to tell you how she did it. And so um, give us a snapshot of Walla Walla Flower Farm and, and we'll start, talk about what it is. And then we'll talk about how you got, got to this path or what, how the path led to this point. Sure. Walla Walla Flower Farm is kind
0: of a grand experiment, right? Um, so being my first year, I don't know what I can grow here. I have an idea because I've grown flowers in my garden and I've um cut flowers from my garden before so I have an idea but this year is really just about what what what's going to grow grow well out here okay
1: and you've lived here for eight years so you've lived here so for eight got years mature plantings correct that you have kind of learned from already yes and well, I
0: inherited from Alice who lived here before I did
1: so okay yes um is your plan to grow cut flowers as a second income uh, you said you also work in Walla Wallace so do you have a is this your side hustle, or is this like you're maybe moving toward? Yeah, I've, I called it my side hustle when
0: I was introducing it at my work, but look <laughs> <laughs> oh, <to your laughs> what I'm doing to my <laughs> colleagues. But I have a I have a wonderful empl- employer, and they're working with me so that I can pursue this because I would like this to be what I do. Oh, wonderful! Yes,
1: yeah. So now the flower. You said you just started planting in April. Um, mm-hmm. Have you started harvesting yet, or will you start pretty soon? And let's talk about your market. Where are you Mm -hmm. hoping to sell your flowers? That's a great question. So, yes, I
0: have started cutting. I had tulips early on. I had ranunculus. Um, I have snaps that I'm harvesting right now. Yes, they are gorgeous. Thank you. I have sweet peas that I'm harvesting right now. And so far, my market has been, believe it or not, all from Instagram. Um, there's, there's actually a large community of flower people here. They're hiding on Instagram there. You can't just Google them all. Um, so they've been my main customers so far and, and my work had a banquet and they needed centerpieces. So I did that, but I would love to, um, I have room to expand as you can see. So I would love to, um, sell to wholesalers and and scale. So that's the eventual goal.
1: Right. So right now, if you're selling, you're selling retail to individuals and, kind of like a CSA model or is it not even that formal? It's not even that formal okay. yet. Yeah. And it's like people just message you on Instagram and say, I'd love to have a, a bucket or I'd love to have a bouquet. Yeah. I need tulips. Do you have tulips? Wow. Can you bring me a bucket? Yeah. Um, yeah. So your tulips backing up just a sec, you oh. had to plant those last fall. I planted them actually in January. Really? I did. Okay. And in crates or in in indoors with lighting what did you do I threw them in a garden box okay and hope for the best and they did great wow yeah wow that's wonderful a garden box being like a crate or a like a four by eight raised bed okay oh okay but outdoors outdoors okay
0: yeah wait in January I put them I put the bulbs in the
1: ground in January oh my gosh okay so maybe I have a wrong assumption about the climate here What's your zone? 7-8. Okay. Or 7-8. So it's it's milder than people would think. Mm-hmm. You're high desert, yeah. but you're not like uh, ice pack, you know, for months in the Correct. winter. Or snow cover in the winter.
0: We can and we have, uh-huh. but not lately.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um,
0: and we did have one day of really hard, like minus 11 this winter. But other than that, it it's wow. fairly
1: temperate. That's great. I'm so yeah. glad you had like that, I don't know, instant gratification with... The tulips, right? right yeah. Because uh, people are so hungry for those. And yes. then the ranunculus also, did you plant um, in, in garden boxes about I, the same time? Or
0: I put those in garden boxes later, probably in February, maybe the end of January, 1st of February. Okay. I put them in garden boxes and I made them little... Um, my husband called them covered wagons. Yeah. <laughs> Put hoops over yeah. them with plastic. So I kept an eye on those a little yeah. bit more carefully than the yeah. tulips. They but were
1: protected. Yeah, that, that's those were, amazing. They
0: were fun. They were a lot of fun.
1: Well, I think also they're just such luxury flowers. And people um, who are used to going to the grocery store maybe aren't familiar with these more premium flowers. So that that gets them excited about, you know having them in their homes when you mentioned the flower people lurking on instagram are you talking about the fellow growers or okay so all there are other growers here in the valley and there they're starting definitely
0: to other growers. supporting each other yes yes um i reached out to elaine vandiver, know, vandiver yeah. of golson gardens she's just up the road and I think it was about February I reached out to her and I just said, Hi, hi, (laughs) Lay. I'm Anne. I live down the road from you. I like flowers too. (laughs) Should we have coffee? Oh, wonderful. (laughs) And so I
1: kind of consider her maybe one of the first people that I knew of who was growing out here.
0: yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And she was very receptive and came and had coffee with me and we had a great time. And I asked her, I said, Well, who else is there? And she started rattling off all these names of, people on instagram and i'm writing them down i'm like we should know each other yeah (laughs) absolutely i took whether i knew of them or not i um invited them all over wow and the first time three people
1: came that includes me this is just (laughs) since the first of the year
0: (laughs) this is since yeah this is march was the first time i i just invited anybody flower in the valley i knew of and said if there's anybody else just invite them to open it up because we should all be supporting each yeah. other and know each other yeah um there were three of us at the first meeting and then another gal reached out and said can I host the next one of course you can and there were eight people oh, wonderful. and then last week a week ago today we had our third get together and there were new faces so I think we're up to like 12 or 15 total um just I love just it. getting together to know each other and supporting each other and um networking in that way right Right.
1: It's so, it's so encouraging that this groundswell of, of capability, like you're clearly proving that this region is appropriate for flower farming. It's an agricultural region, so why wouldn't it have been appropriate for flower farming, right? Right. Um, and you mentioned wanting to perhaps sell wholesale. Um, Is there a floral wholesaler here? I know Spokane has a big floral wholesaler, right?
0: Spokane does. There's not in Walla Walla, but I know, you know, Mayesh comes to the Valley once a week. Charlie's Produce comes here, Washington Floral comes here. People come
1: here from like Tacoma or Spokane, Spokane or Boise, Portland. Portland. So those are people who could deliver here and then they're leaving with empty trucks and what could go in those trucks? your flowers yeah that would be great wouldn't it it would be wonderful (laughs) it'd be wonderful because it's just um you know the pressure on and i don't mean this as a negative the positive pressure on um wholesalers to have local locally grown flowers is somewhat overwhelming I Mm. i mean Mayesh has put a lot of intent into it i think um some others have as well delaware valley on the east coast and so there's some that are saying oh yeah i better start Connecting and figuring out how to do a program with local flower farmers because your volume is never going to be like a mega farm in California. Right. Right. Um, but others are, um, you know, need to be shown that this is possible. And and when when you're interested in that channel, then it makes it it makes it easier. I hope to find a, a wholesale partner. Yeah. I thought maybe when you mentioned wholesale, you were also referring to selling direct to florists. Mm. Is that something mm-hmm. that is? possible here or is it easier to just go the retail route and sell to customers direct it is possible
0: that a lot there are a lot of designers this
1: is a wedding destination i see oh so maybe so, the events florists who would be buying from you
0: correct correct once those connections are made yes. yes
1: so um it's because there's sort of a wine community walla walla is known for the vineyards and wineries and so they're thus venues for weddings correct wow Especially in the fall during harvest, I bet, right? Right. right. <laughs> Especially which is why you're growing all those that amaranth and dahlias <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well tell me how you got to this point. Like you you obviously have had a, a family ties mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. growing commodity crops and mainly did you say alfalfa? Alfalfa wheat, beef, yeah, peas, just your normal Walla Walla
0: Valley farmers. Um, so you grew, you grew up in this? I grew up in this. Okay. I grew up out in the field. I grew up out changing pipes. I My my dad's a farmer. His dad was a farmer. His dad was a farmer all here in the valley. Oh, and, how exciting. So um, you're like
1: fourth generation at least.
0: Yes. My sister farms with my dad now. They My sister and brother-in-law um, run the family operation, which is right over oh there. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, and we were, my goal was always to move back home. And so after 27 years of living out of the valley, I was able to move back home and um, so happy to be here. So close to my mom and dad, you know, I go have coffee with my parents every morning at 630 because they live right over the hill. So that's wonderful. And um, my bliss is out in the fields. Where had you been living? uh, In the Midwest. In North Bend, Washington, for a couple years, and then in Boise
1: for Boise area for about fifteen years. Okay, so yeah, your roots were elsewhere, but only partly there because you had this idea to come back. Right. Okay. This is this is home. So you came back about um, did you say about eight years ago, and then um, obviously this is the long game, setting up the flower farm. Correct. Wow. Correct. Um, How did you go about it? Did you just like you were telling me that you planted dahlias from seeds. Like, I don't think a lot of first year flower farmers would even know that was an option. I mean, you just did a lot of research, talked to a lot of people, or I, I self taught. I did. Well, I listened to your podcast yeah, for well, one thing. Hopefully, there'll be people, <laughs> there's people who have gave you advice indirectly
0: on that. Uh, yes. Um, my kids call me Cannonball. So when I decide to do something, I'm all in. And uh, when I decided to do this, which was probably well all along, how can I farm? How can I farm? Because I have I have plenty of room here. I have 19 and a half acres on your parcel. Uh, on my parcel. Wow. Um, but that's a lot. Growing alfalfa and wheat. It's not a lot.
1: So oh. how can I farm? Oh, I because see. I want to be out there farming. So, so so if you're growing alfalfa and wheat, you need like hundreds of acres? Or if you're going to make a living. Okay. Yes. Because it's it's a volume business. Correct. Okay. So flowers a- have the, the distinction of being this value-added crop that you could start on a smaller scale. Right. Okay.
0: So when I was thinking about it and like, how can I be out there? How can I be out there more? <laughs> um, this came up and I was like, well... Why? Where have I been? Why? Yeah. Did, why? Why did it take me so long? Because I've known um,
1: Aaron McMullen yeah. of Raindrop Farms yes. for years and years. Do you know Aaron through the Fiddler yes. crowd? Okay, yes. I wondered about that. Would, okay, tell me a little bit about because she is a caller at the Fiddler. She campuses. is an MC a lot. Her mom
0: is a fiddler. Okay, so her her mom and dad have been through here and stayed here. We've known. I, Scott's known them longer than I have, but decades, we've known um, them
1: for decades. So, and, and your husband, Scott, is, is his, do you have the same last name? Sumner, yes. Okay, Scott Sumner is a, like, a competitive fiddler, right? right? And <laughs> you are a fiddler.
0: too? Uh, well, he'll say I'm a fiddler, but I say I'm not a fiddler. The rest of the family's a fiddler. Okay. I do play rhythm guitar, but. Oh,
1: yeah. that's amazing. But I remember when Aaron, Aaron McMullen and Aaron Gatsky of Rainbrook Farm was, been on the podcast in the past uh long-time slow flowers members i remember when she told me that th- there's a big summer event a big festival and she's dmc or the yes you know, the personality that, that runs she the does thing. a great job yeah, well, she's not a shy no yeah, so no. so how interesting when you mentioned fiddling i and part of me thought i wonder if that's what Erin does so okay so she told you she's been a flower farmer for 20 years she yeah. has
0: and i've always admired her and said you know you are bad <laughs> like, this is awesome but I never made the connection for myself like oh I have land I can do I can, that. Do, I can do that oh my yeah goodness. I did never make that connection oh, my so goodness. you know timing's everything yeah but when it clicked it clicked and I was all in and did as much research as I could and um, you know I was itching to get in the field and borrowed equipment from my brother-in-law and Worked my ground before other people were because I was just so like started seeds before I should have, but you know, <laughs> I was just so anxious oh, to get I love going. That
1: story. And, so, you having a few role models, I think, even just shows you the possibility, yeah. even though you're farming me. You're they're in Oregon, uh, of course, you're in Oregon, but they're quite a far, quite a ways away in the Willamette yeah. Valley. Yeah. Um, maybe have different cultural conditions. Yeah, we
0: did go to the um, the cut flower growers.
1: Meetup. Meetup. meet
0: up in, or- and, in yes, uh, February. That was inspiring
1: yeah. and educational as well. Oh, I, you know, I, I've, I've participated in the Pacific Northwest Cut Flowerers Meetup. Usually, it's President's Weekend, and it always lately has been conflicting with the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival, which I work at. I work for, so I couldn't go this year. But we would have met there. Yeah. So, we but there's a lot of. I mean, that draws people from Washington, Oregon. Mm-hmm um northern california idaho british columbia so it's it's a it's a really great regional group and now you're part of it yeah and the thing that you've mentioned the things that you've mentioned that i i think if you're going to give advice to anyone maybe this is it is to build a community like the very first thing you did was invite strangers over to your house to talk about flowers and they said yes and now who knows where it's going to go it's already triggered you know, let's get together again kind of decisions.
0: Yes. When we visited before and you, you talked about what would you do the same? What would you do differently? And I was thinking about that and definitely from, from the get go, just reaching out and my friend Katie, who I'm, who grows out Uh here, you know, I knew her through my sister and I thought she'd be interested in this. And so when we sat down and started visiting, we realized that we had the opportunity for a great partnership, um, But definitely the community, you know, my connection that I made at the irrigation supply that I reached out and I got a small business advisor and he was very helpful. You Mm. know, he, he advised that I make a you know, build a relationship with a banker, which I did. And, you know, just all of these connections and then all of the flower people who are just, they're all wonderful. It's, it's really interesting. We all do something a little bit different. And so it's really fun to, to visit with them and.
1: So you're you're not you're not viewing any of them as competition. You're viewing them as kind of people walking the same path as you who can be, uh, you know, complementary in your in what you're growing or oh, absolutely. probably end up buying from each other. And, absolutely, yeah.
0: absolutely. And in, in fact, Aaron Gasky at the cut growers, he said these people next to you are not your competition. Yeah. These are your comrades. So I think you know our competition is the eighty percent of the flowers out there that are coming from outside the country from who knows.
1: Did you guys hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Say that again, Ann.
0: <laughs> our competition is not each other. Yeah. Our competition is the 80% of flowers that are coming in being flown in from outside the country. Yeah. So our our regional group, we are comrades. We are not competition.
1: Yes. And I, uh, you know, after dining at one of Walla Walla's farm to table restaurants last night, uh for my husband's birthday, I realized um, how vibrant the consumer base is here in terms of interest in supporting local and um, kind of understanding that there is this, you know, in, I'm hoping that they'll see the farm-to-table movement is also the the, the farm-to-vase movement, you know, that, that they're going to want to buy flowers too. And yes. you just have uh, this year to figure out where you're, where you're going to specialize. Because right now you're doing a little bit of everything. I feel like right. you're really focused on relationships and and community and and is that just how you live your life or you know <laughs> well I
0: hope so yeah but it's also how you know watching my dad as a farmer in this farming community nobody farms in a vacuum um, everyone is always helping each other or borrowing equipment or I'll harvest your wheat if I can have a straw or maybe you can haul some cattle for me or it's always a a collaborative mm-hmm. even though everyone has their own farm and you know yeah it's always collaborative they you know we would be lost without each other really so it's a lot of a lot of collaboration as it's, a farmer
1: and it's sort of like a non-monetary relationship-based barter system but hopefully people are reciprocal and you know it's not really scorekeeping it's more like I need help today and I know you'll need help tomorrow and we got to get through this together.
0: We always want it to be even, but there's a lot of, a lot of really good people. Yeah. A really good
1: people around. That's a good attitude to have and um, just good advice for us in, in, in anything we're tackling in life. So. Right. Which is okay, right?
0: It's a big experiment this year. That's what the experiments are. Where, you know, where do you focus next year? So what do I cut and what do I focus on next year? That's the goal of this year. Wow. That's
1: great. Anything else that we should discuss that I didn't ask you? Mm. We'll share all your social media links and your website so people can stalk you. Oh, my. <laughs> I think it's great. I'm excited to see where you go. And maybe in this, I'll come back in a couple of years and we'll do a Where Is She Now? That would uh, be conversation. wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. All right. Thank you yeah. so much, Anne.
0: Oh, thank you. It's great. an honor to have you here.
1: Uh, Deezer, Idaho, National Time Crivers Contest. Thank you so much for joining me today. You can find the replay video for episode 617 at slowflowerspodcast.com, where you'll also be able to watch Anna and Scott's musical performances and tour Walla Walla Flower Farm. In case you missed it, we just dropped the July edition of our monthly Slowflowers newsletter, and I want to share it with you. It's filled with free resources, inspiring content, and news of our community. I'll add the link to the newsletter in today's show notes as well. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Store it Cold, creators of the revolutionary CoolBot, a popular solution for flower farmers, studio florists, and farmer florists. You can save thousands when you build your own walk-in cooler with the CoolBot system and an air conditioner. If you don't have time to build your own, they also have turnkey units available. Learn more at storeitcold.com. And thank you to Red Twig Farms, based in Johnstown, Ohio. Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies Daffodils, tulips, and branches, a popular peony bouquet by mail program, and their Spread the Hope campaign, where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. Well, I love all this floral goodness, and I'm so happy you joined me today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member supported endeavor downloaded more than 1 million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brinland. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week.